Hello! Welcome to the Healthy Habits Happy Home Podcast, hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we will bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to the Healthy Habits Happy Homes podcast. I'm Tamara. And I'm Marcianne. And today we're excited to have Dr. Laura Forbes join us. Dr. Forbes is a registered dietitian and an associate professor in the Department of Family Relations and Applied Nutrition here at the University of Guelph. Today she's here to talk to us about sugar intake and nutrient dilution in pregnancy. To get us started, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your current role, and how your education and experiences led you to where you are now? Thank you so much, Tamara and Marcianne. I have been a nutrition professor at the University of Guelph for about 10 years, and I've been interested in sugar intake for a long time. It kind of started with, I was looking at carbohydrates as a whole and healthy eating, and I really like looking at sugar intake because it seems to be something that normal people really understand what sugar intake is all about. We know that it tastes sweet. We know what it looks like and we add it to our foods ourselves. So it's something that um, is easy to talk to people about. I am also really interested in pregnancy research and I got involved in that about 12 years ago and really fell in love with doing pregnancy research because it's this really exciting period of time in people's lives where you can have an effect on the lives of multiple people at the same time. There's the the mom who's carrying the baby, the baby itself. And one thing that people sometimes don't realize is that if a mom is carrying a female baby, that baby already has eggs that are being developed in the in the fetus inside the mother. So you're actually able to impact at least three generations of a family all at one time. So there are some exciting things that happen during pregnancy. It's a really cool area to study. And so that is a little bit about sort of my research history. Another thing that I think is important for you to know about me is that I'm also a mom to a six-year-old boy. And I also had a little bit of a difficult time with food when I was pregnant. I spent about eight months being very, very nauseous. And so as we're talking about things like sugar intake in pregnancy, if um, your listeners are thinking things like, well, I had a really difficult time with things in my pregnancy and that kind of stuff, I understand that completely because I did too. So I just wanted to put that out there right at the start. So I think that's a bit about me. Wow, thank you so much for sharing all that. It's great to have you on. You're right, sugar, I feel like is is a hot topic. A lot of people talk about it. But as you were explaining, you know, what motivates you and why you're passionate about pregnancy research, that it's just so cool that you're able to affect three generations. That's amazing. So really excited to have you on and and learn more from you. To give us some background for our podcast today, can you explain nutrient dilution? 
Yes, absolutely. So nutrient dilution is something that it's a concept I've been working on with one of my students. We've been doing research on this area. Her name is Sophia Ho. And so she's been working on looking at nutrient dilution during pregnancy and sugar intake. So what nutrient dilution actually is, it's the idea that if you eat more of a less healthy food, you're also eating less of healthier foods. And so if you're eating more sugar-containing foods, for example, you might be eating fewer healthy foods. And so you, the simplest way to really think about this is maybe you are deciding what to eat for a snack and you have a choice of either, let's say, candy or apples. And if you eat the candy, then you're not going to eat the apples. And so you're not going to get the nutrients that are the vitamins and minerals that are in apples, and you are going to get more sugar. So this is this is a simplified explanation of what this is, because we aren't always making that decision head to head, like, I am going to eat something that is less healthy and high in sugars, or I'm going to eat vegetables. Those aren't necessarily the exact choices that we're making. But over the course of the day, we often see that when people are eating a lot of things like sugars, they're eating fewer vitamins and minerals from uh, really nutrient-dense foods, foods that have a lot of those vitamins and minerals throughout the rest of the day. So I think that's uh, nutrient dilution in a nutshell. Thanks for explaining that. That makes a lot of sense. It, it got me thinking about myself and how I even in the morning try to start out with like a more nutritious meal because it kind of sets the tone for my day because I know if I if I already start with a high sugary breakfast, I'll probably continue that trend. <laughs> or um, I think that was the, very interesting to, to learn what uh, nutrient dilution means. Yeah. And I guess the other thing about nutrient dilution is when we're thinking about healthy eating and high sugar foods and foods that have greater amounts of vitamins and minerals or less amounts of vitamins and minerals, we also think about sort of the health effects of dietary patterns. And so when we're seeing people eating a lot of sugar, sometimes that's associated with more health problems whereas less sugar, less health problems. And what we don't necessarily know is that is it the sugar intake itself or is it something like the fact that you're eating fewer really healthy nutrients that is causing the problems? And so it's interesting to look at the connection between eating a lot of sugar and lower amounts of things like vitamins and minerals so that we can kind of try to tease out where, where problems are actually coming from. Wow, that's a really great point. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I also wanted to ask, what is the relationship between sugar intake and nutrient intake during pregnancy? So what we found in our study is that the more sugar that people were eating, and this was a study that we did on several thousand pregnant women who were in Alberta, we uh, were measuring their sugar intake and their nutrient intake in the second and third trimesters of pregnancy. So the more sugar people were eating during that time, the less of several vitamins and minerals they were they were eating. So the ones that we were looking at were ones that are typically really important during pregnancy. We were looking at folate, we were looking at iron, vitamin D, calcium, and zinc. We also took a look at fiber because that's a really good indicator of, of some very, very healthy foods. 
And so what we found was that the higher people's sugar intakes were, the lower their intakes of all of these vitamins and minerals were. And that that is really, really consistent with what we see in the non-pregnant population as well. This had just never been done during pregnancy. So that was the main thing that we found. That's actually very interesting. So it seems like the more sugar that people are eating, it's almost, or I guess in this case specifically um, in pregnancy, it's kind of displacing some of those key nutrients that are really important during that time period as well. And it's actually interesting too, that it seems to kind of be the same too in pregnancy and also in, in more of a general population as well. Yeah. So if you're thinking, you know, well, I'm not pregnant, I'm not going to get pregnant, or I'm not going to get pregnant again, this doesn't apply to me. Well, unfortunately, this, we've seen this pattern in, uh, in adults for a really long time, it had just never been done in pregnancy before. Right, that's very interesting. And you know, especially um, with sugar too, like, I feel like there's just so many terms that we hear to describe sugar, you know, free sugars, added sugars, refined sugars, naturally occurring sugars. Those are some of the examples off the top of my head here. But can you just explain some of the differences between these terms and which, if any, we should focus on during pregnancy? And then also, especially if there's any that we should pay attention to with regard to nutrient dilution? Absolutely. This gets into some of the like more interesting parts of what we found here. So we were looking at the type of sugar that we were particularly interested in were free sugars. And free sugars is a term that is really, it's not an intuitive term at all. Sugar guidelines right now in Canada come from the World Health Organization. And the World Health Organization recommends people have no more than 10% of their daily calories coming from free sugars. So what free sugars are, are they are the sugars that are added to foods during any type of the food processing or food manufacturing process, plus any sugars that are coming from fruit juices or fruit purees. So this includes things like table sugar. It includes things like high fructose corn syrup. It includes honey. It includes maple syrup. It includes any kind of sweetener that has calories in it. And it also includes fruit juices and fruit purees. The reason that it includes fruit juices and fruit purees is because the sugars in those fruits that are broken down do have a similar effect in the body as sugars that comes from you know, your table sugar. So that is what free sugars are. Some of the other types of sugars that you mentioned there, there were natural sugars and there were added sugars. Natural sugars are sugars that are naturally occurring in foods. So we find sugars in fruit and in milk products. So the sugars are just naturally there. And those are usually really healthy sources of sugar. And sugar coming from whole fruits and milk is often associated with better nutrient intake. And that makes a lot of sense. Whole fruits have a lot of vitamins and minerals in them and they have fiber. Those are all really good things. Milk has calcium in it, has vitamin D. So the more of those natural sugars that people are eating, the more of those types of nutrients people tend to have in their diet. So that makes sense. So we usually don't worry about natural sugars. We want to promote people eating those foods. Added sugars are very, very similar to free sugars. Added sugars are the sugars that are added to foods during any kind of processing or before you eat them. It does not include fruit juices and purees. So that's the only difference between added sugars and free sugars. We often use added sugars and free sugars 
fairly interchangeably because they tend to have the same kinds of health effects. So these are both of these are referring to the less healthy sugars in our diet. And so when we're doing research, if we look at the health effects of added sugar and the health effects of free sugars, it's pretty much the exact same thing. So these are both types of sugars that we would want to try and decrease in our diet for, uh, for health reasons. I also wanted to tell you that one of the other things we were looking at in our research was food sources of sugars. So we wanted to know if it made any difference what kinds of foods those sugars were in. And the types of foods we were looking at, we were looking at candy and chocolate. We call that confectionery foods. We were interested in sugar-sweetened beverages. So that would be things like pop or uh, fruit drinks. We were also interested in looking at baked goods. We were interested in fruit juices, 100% fruit juices, and we were interested in sweetened milk products. So those are the types of sugar-containing foods that we were looking at. And we found that the different sources of sugars actually had a hugely different effect on nutrient dilution. And some of the things that we saw, wasn't, it wasn't quite what we had expected. It was really interesting. So what we found was that women who had more confectionery foods, and so that was candy and chocolate, and people who had more sugar-sweetened beverages, those were the people that had more nutrient dilution. So it's kind of like if you're eating straight sugar, either from candy or drinks, then that really seemed to be associated with uh, nutrient dilution. So you were having fewer vitamins and minerals in your diet. That same pattern wasn't seen for baked goods, so things like cakes and cookies. And actually, we saw an opposite effect for people who were having fruit juices and sweetened milk products. So people who had fruit juices in their diet and sweetened milk products actually had better micronutrient intake, so um, vitamin and mineral intake, than people who had less. And some of that's really obvious. So for example, for people who are, who are having sweetened milk products, they had more calcium and vitamin D in their diet. And that makes perfect sense because you're getting that calcium and vitamin D from those milk products. We also saw with people who are having more sweetened milk products, they also had more folate and fiber in their diets. So it was sort of telling us that people who are having these sweetened milk products were also probably having more fruits and vegetables and things like that in their diet, because that's where those nutrients would come from. So it was speaking to this overall healthier diet pattern. It wasn't just the milk products that were probably having this effect, because milk products don't contain any fiber. Having more of those sweetened milk products was related to having an overall healthier dietary pattern. We saw something really similar with fruit juices. So people who were having some fruit juices in their diet were also having more calcium and vitamin D in their diet. Fruit juices don't typically have calcium and vitamin D. So people who are having fruit juices had a more an overall healthier dietary pattern with more uh, with more vitamins and minerals in it. So if we want to know what kinds of uh, sugars we should be most concerned about, my recommendation is to try and decrease your intake of, well, added or free sugars. You can call it either. It's pretty much the same thing. But getting those sugars from things like candy and chocolate and sweetened beverages is probably where you're going to get the best bang for your buck. Some of the other types of sources of sugar might actually have some real benefits to them. 
That is fascinating research. I really must say, thank you so much first for explaining all those definitions. I feel like it's so important to go through all them because it's so easy to get lost within that whole world of defining things. So it's a lot clearer to kind of understand the research when you have those definitions, especially when they're so similar, right? Within the situation with added and free sugars. Uh, I think normal people can really just pretend that added sugars and free sugars are essentially the same thing because the differences are, are so, so small. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think after, you know, explaining your research and what you've found, I think for me anyways, what popped into my head is that it's really the overall diet pattern. I think a very common thing in the nutrition world is to get hyper fixated on certain things like sugar and just like, you know, just zero in sugar. Sugar is terrible and it kind of gets a reputation in that way. But your research has really shown that it's where that sugar is coming from. And I think that's really important to bring it back to that overall bigger picture of the overall diet pattern. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think that's a really important message for nutrition just in general. And you're right about that hyper-focusing on things. You know, you see things like superfoods or these really, you know, really, really unhealthy foods. And those kinds of headlines really, really sell. But the truth of how do you do healthy eating is kind of boring. It's what your mom always told you is to make sure that you're eating, you know, foods that are in food groups, lots of vegetables, all of that kind of stuff. All of the things that we, are, we have always known about healthy eating are really what does make that healthy diet. Real foods that come from the ground, the land, all of that kind of stuff is so important. Very true. I've kind of seen that in learning more about nutrition, I'll have a lot of friends or family ask me about all of those really popular headlines and superfoods and things like that. And then when you kind of tell them, well, it's, it's kind of going back to the basics, what your mom said, you eat your fruits and vegetables, things like that. You just see their face kind of like change like, oh, it's, oh, I thought it was more than that. <laughs> so um, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah. People want something that's fast and easy and magical. Yeah. I love nutrition, but it, it is not exactly magical most of the time. Very true. How does recommended sugar intake differ in pregnancy compared to someone who is not pregnant? Well, this is, I guess, simple and easy. The recommendation is actually exactly the same for pregnant people and non-pregnant people. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the recommendations for sugar in Canada are from the World Health Organization. And the World Health Organization recommends that you have no more than 10% of your calories from free sugars. That is a, a recommendation that is kind of, it's useful for dietitians and it's useful for healthcare practitioners, but is it useful for normal people on the street? Do you, do normal people on the street know how many calories they're having or, and how many are coming from sugar? Not really, but uh, that's what our, our recommendations look like right now. One thing that's interesting during pregnancy is that there have been several studies that have shown that having a high sugar intake during pregnancy is related to an increased risk of gestational diabetes and an increased risk of high blood pressure during pregnancy. And so it's possible that people who are pregnant might need some different recommendations compared to non-pregnant people, but we don't really have good evidence of what those recommendations should be yet. So it's possible that maybe we need better recommendations, 
And part of our study was to try and see if we could help with some of that, figuring out if, if we have any evidence that there need to be some, some different recommendations. So I think it's still a work in progress in the research world. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think you, you mentioned one of them just now, but I also wanted to ask, what are the possible risk or consequences of having high sugar intake in pregnancy? Yeah, so the research so far has shown some links with sh high sugar intake and excess weight gain during pregnancy, as well as gestational diabetes and preeclampsia, which is a form of high blood pressure during pregnancy. And so one of the things that is the concern is that all of these things are related to some health complications for the babies as well, and can be related to health complications throughout the, the parent's life as well. So if you have excess weight gain, you're at higher risk of maintaining higher weight after pregnancy and having higher risk of chronic diseases. People who have gestational diabetes are at higher risk of having diabetes after pregnancy as well. And there is some risk of things like higher birth weights of babies, higher weights of babies as they grow up. Those are the, the possible concerns with high sugar intake in pregnancy. Yeah, there's, there's certainly some risks that are present for both mom and baby. And one thing too that I just wanted to mention as well is, especially with regard to gestational diabetes, remembering back to my time working as a clinician, seeing some of these patients too, I feel like there's a lot of stigma and also like judgment kind of surrounding gestational diabetes. You know, it's frequently associated with like, oh, you ate too much sugar and now you have gestational diabetes, which isn't necessarily always the case. And so I feel like if, you know, if there, any of our listeners have gestational diabetes, it's important for them to, you know, take those resources and, you know, go see a dietitian, your physician and all of that and, and work through it together and know that you're certainly not alone. And it's, you know, not necessarily because you ate a lot of sugar. Sometimes those things just happen. Absolutely. It's highly genetically related uh, gestational diabetes. That is key to absolutely key to remember. For sure. And so what are some barriers that pregnant people may have related to adhering to dietary recommendations that we discussed earlier? So specifically with that, um, no more than 10% of your overall calories in a day. And what are some ways to overcome these challenges? Okay, so this is this is something that is uh, huge because there are tons and tons of potential barriers during pregnancy, and everybody is going to experience this differently. So I'm sure some of our listeners, their experiences of pregnancy would could certainly have affected their sugar intake. My experience of pregnancy certainly did. So the kinds of things that happen during pregnancy can be things like you might experience things like morning sickness and sugars might be the only thing that you can keep down. So I would say I was nauseous for eight full months. And I probably have never eaten more, more sugar in my life because it was one of the few things that I could actually have that would get anything into me. So that's something that happens to a lot of people for some or most of their pregnancies. That's one thing. Pregnant people often have cravings and sweet foods are something that, that people talk about having cravings for. One of the key things that we can suggest for people who are really craving sugar is that fruits are really sweet foods that can help to meet some of those cravings. And we do actually see that pregnant people often eat a lot of fruit because there is that sweetness to it. It also has a lot of fluid in it, which can also be really something that's craved by people who are pregnant. 
Pregnancy can also cause a huge amount of thirst. So you are, uh, you know, increasing your blood volume so that you can feed a baby in there. And people need a lot more water. You need to stay hydrated. If you're not hydrated, you can be at risk of things like kidney stones. And so people are often drinking a lot of water or other beverages. So if you are if you are drinking a lot during pregnancy, then trying to drink more water is a really, really good idea for trying to sort of cut back on things like sugar. There are some really good tips for having more water, like trying carbonated water and seeing if that makes it seem more exciting, or adding things like frozen fruit to water, or things like uh, slices of uh, citrus fruits can also make water a little bit more exciting. Other things that people talk about in terms of things that can make it challenging around eating sugars, especially during pregnancy, are things like social pressures to eat. And I, I was working with a, a colleague who did a really, really neat qualitative study about this. She was asking pregnant women to describe why they were eating more or less sugars during pregnancy. And they said that things would happen like when their colleagues knew that they were pregnant, they would be offered cookies three times instead of one time. Or maybe their partner thought that bringing home ice cream would really help them feel really good during pregnancy. So there were sort of social reasons where, where women were pressured to eat, eat more and eat more sugar. It could even happen from random strangers on the street. Some of you may have experienced that. I did have one interesting interaction with a stranger who, who told me I needed to be eating more, which was a little bit odd. But one thing that you can also try to do, you can try to harness some of that social energy to help you have less sugar. So you can talk to your partner about, I'd like to try and have less sugar. Uh, can you help me make you know, water with fruit in it, that kind of thing. So you can uh, you can try to harness some of that social energy as well. Some of the women in this study where my colleague was asking people about their sugar intake said that their partners could be really helpful in trying to make it so make it easier for them to have less sugars as well. So it that relationship does go both ways. Other things that can be challenging during pregnancy can be things like just being tired. And not being able to have some of the things that you normally are able to have. A lot of people when they're pregnant are trying to decrease their caffeine intake, but then they have a really hard time getting going in the morning. So adding something that is sweet can sometimes help to sort of boost energy. So that's one, one thing that people have talked about doing. Alcohol is another, another key one. So you're not supposed to have alcohol when you're pregnant. So what are you going to replace that alcohol with? Something that feels special. So maybe something like a carbonated uh, sweetened beverage might be something that you would replace that with. So trying to think of alternatives to, to some of those sweetened drinks can help. But the other thing that I, I want to make sure that people are thinking about is that pregnancy is a difficult time. There's a lot of change. It's a short period of time. There are lots of things happening during that time. And so you should be really kind to yourself. Um, and you should know that all you can really do is the best that you can. And your best might not be the same as everybody else's best. 
thinking personally my best during pregnancy in terms of sugar intake, probably not very good at all. Because thinking about my sugar intake, that was actually, it wasn't really even on my radar. I was so much more worried about just getting anything into my body, trying to get calories in there. Sugar intake wasn't something that I had the time or energy to worry about. And that might be the case for a lot of people. And that is just fine. You know what your priorities are as a pregnant person. And that's legitimate. And your best is the best for you. And I think that people need to realize that that is the truth and be really kind to themselves about that. I feel like in pregnancy, we we have this idea that we're supposed to be perfect in this time that can be very, very difficult. Perfection isn't isn't something that is going to be achievable by okay, by any of us, probably. And I think we need to accept that. There are probably tons of other reasons why there are challenges during pregnancy that I've missed, but this is challenging. Nobody is perfect. I certainly wasn't perfect, but if you have the energy to think about your sugar intake during pregnancy, you know what? Power to you. Hooray. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great too how you started off kind of explaining how it's so individualized. I think that's so important to set the tone with. It really is. Everybody's going to experience pregnancy differently and you have no idea how you're going to feel or how you're going to experience it until you're there. And so it's really important to take it day by day. And like you really stress too, things that are high in sugar is the only thing that you're able to get down. That's okay. We have to be gentle to ourselves, especially during this time period, because you're right, there is that perfectionist element and that's hard to let go of sometimes. But at the same time, when you're doing your best, that really is the best that you can do. And it's so important to give ourselves that grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And pregnancy is a joyous time. It's also a difficult time. So true. Sacrificing some of that joy for worry over sugar, not worth it. Absolutely not. Not worth it, in my opinion. So true. Your body is going through so much. And I think everyone who, you know, is is going through that change, like they're superheroes, like being really kind. I know talking to my mom about her experience, she had a lot of morning sickness with me. And I was like, I'm sorry. And even with the social pressures to eat that you mentioned, I definitely have heard like a lot of family members, you know, come up to pregnant people in my life and be like, you're eating for two now, you got to eat more and, you know, like really uh, encouraging that. So just everything you said was like bringing back memories to different things, but definitely just the being kind to yourself and, you know, knowing that your best is, is amazing was, was really good, good messages. And like I said, they're superheroes. It's funny though. Sometimes like as as a joke, my mom, if I'm like getting on her nerves a little bit, bugging her, like the time of her, her labor, like near the end of pregnancy goes up, it goes from 12 hours to like, it was two days. And I'm like, mom, how does it work? (laughs) But (laughs) I get what she's saying. Like it was a lot. And I just, I respect like everyone who has (laughs) gone through that. It's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I am always just amazed at how much happens during that time period, what people experience and how they do that with so much strength and resilience. It's, It's always something that is beautiful and amazing. 100%. I also wanted to ask, are there actions pregnant people can take to try and limit nutrient dilution? Absolutely. So one of the things that I think is really important to note is that we do see this link between higher sugar intake and lower nutrient intake. 
it doesn't have to be like that. I think it is entirely possible to still eat sugars, but also to have really healthy foods in your diet. The key message here to try and limit nutrient dilution is try and eat healthy foods as much as you can. And as we mentioned a little bit earlier, we all probably know what that means. That means vegetables, it means fruit, it means whole grains, milk and milk alternatives. If you have those in your dietary patterns, it means, you know, beans, it means meats. It means all of those real foods that help to make up our healthy diet. So trying to make sure that you're emphasizing those types of foods as much as you can in your life, it's, it's going to be huge for helping you limit nutrient dilution. Decreasing your sugar intake, it's entirely possible that that will help as well. But if you don't really want to think that much about sugar intake, really think about those healthy foods. How do I do more of those healthy things? Definitely. It's totally okay not to have the capacity, have the energy to think about sugar intake. And I, I think you're so right. Let's just take it back to the basics. You know, let's keep it simple. Let's try and eat more healthy foods, you know, from a variety of different foods and eat balanced and eat the rainbow, I guess, is an easy way to for the fruits and vegetables and things like that, right? Just keeping it back to basics that we all know. <laughs> yep, exactly. And again, it's doing the best that you can in your life right now and knowing that your best is the best for you. Certainly. Yep. That's very important to remember. So to close out the podcast, we like to give families three take-home tips. What are three take-home tips you can share with our listeners about sugar intake and nutrient dilution in pregnancy? So my three tips are, number one, do whatever your best is to eat less sugar, but knowing that eating some treats is okay and is a part of enjoying the food that you eat and in having that still loving food and enjoying food. So try to go for less sugar, but also enjoy the sugar that you are having. Number two is enjoy healthy foods as much as possible. So this is just what we were talking about, the basics of healthy eating, eating from the food groups, try to do that as much as possible. And my third tip is try and get your partner, your family, everybody around you to help you to be as healthy as you can. It shouldn't be one person's job. It should be a family working together to be as healthy as possible and to make sure to be kind to yourself. I think those are my three tips. Excellent tips. Thank you so much, Dr. Forbes, for taking the time to chat with us about sugar intake and nutrient dilution and for sharing your vast knowledge and research with us on the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. We hope our listeners enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time.